The reading is from uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 and it's verses 1 to 6. So just give people, a, it's up on the screen, but I'll just give people a few minutes if they want to find it, or a few seconds if they want to find it in their Bible. I'm reading from the NIV version. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. Ah, oh, it's to 16. Sorry, I thought it was to 6. Right, okay. I'll carry on reading. No, the, it's just yes. to 6. <laughs> it's just to 6? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, that's fine then. <laughs> so, Martin, thank you. Um, Bernice, let's pray as we, uh, we uh, get ready to hear from Bernice. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and thank you that you speak to us through it. Uh, please speak to us now uh, and um, inspire us as we listen to Bernice um, sharing her thoughts on this passage of your word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Well, hello, everybody. It's lovely to see you all. Um, and yes, it's strange times, I think, at the moment, isn't it? So I don't know about you, but I've been really desiring freedom this week. Um, hopefully there will be a PowerPoint that appears any second. Um, and there's a picture of birdcage on, on my PowerPoint as the first slide. Um, and I think, you know, although I know I'm free to get in my car, travel and walk, I know that I'm restrained by the impact of the virus at the moment on, on my ability to do whatever I would like to do. And as though there are no locked bars, there are no locked doors, there is that feeling of being imprisoned and that my freedom has been curtailed for the good of society at the moment. Wow, how much do we really value that freedom once we don't have it? And how I long for that freedom that I had just a couple of months ago. Well, today's passage from 1 Peter talks about the freedom that the death of Christ on the cross brings us. But that within that freedom, though we are free to do whatever we want, there will be a moment where we are called to account for how we have lived our lives. So I'm going to cover today three main things. What does the cross mean for us today? And what are the implications for us? What are the choices we have in life? And how do we live life well? And why is it important that God is just? So the cross... I'm um, just going on to slide two. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, lovely. Uh, the cross, the beginning of the passage starts with the death and suffering that Jesus endured on the cross. 
And we've just celebrated Easter as a way of remembering the death and resurrection of Jesus and what that means to us. This gift of grace gives us the opportunity to be reunited with our Father God, which wouldn't have been possible otherwise. So we remember back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were given freedom to enjoy all that God had made, but they were also given a choice and they made a bad choice. And from then on, humans have continued to make bad choices in this world. Sin is a word used in the Bible to talk about these choices, these bad choices that separate us from God and put distance between us, between us and God. Sin often means pleasing ourselves or causing and or causing harm to ourselves and to others. It is damaging and causes pain. It is a small world, sorry, it is a small word but often with lasting consequences. Humankind was sentenced to a price of death for sin, which we should have paid the ultimate price with our lives. But the grace of God enables us to have freedom and live. What an awesome invent in history that God became man on earth, but being still God was able to die a death without any evidence of sin in his life. That divine and holy moment, which is a mystery to us, enables us to die as if we haven't sinned because Jesus took that punishment on himself. We are able to receive the gift that is eternal life. And this passage confirms to us that whatever has happened in our past does not count. That is the past. All are welcome. All are offered the gift of grace. And nobody needs to earn it. The work on the cross has meant we are new people, baptised into a new life. And Romans 6, Romans chapter 6, verses 6, 7 and 12 confirms this for us. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. We have been set free from this sin, but at the same time, we don't use this as a get out of jail free card. We are told not to let sin reign in our lives, but use our self-control as we face temptation. And I'll come back to this part a bit later on. So the beginning of the passage today talks about how we should arm ourselves with the same attitude as the suffering Christ, as this will help us live life in a way that means we say no to sin and yes to God. In fact, Peter also suggests that when our lives are in jeopardy, that actually the sinful practices and desires of our life may seem much more insignificant. We may be more inclined, as perhaps we do in current times, to lean and rely on God more, to pray more, to read the Bible more. In a world of uncertainty and fear, people may actually reach out more to God. And just on the next slide, I was reading online that a report in the Christian Post outlined that internet searches for prayer 
in 75 countries um, uh, had reported that search intensity for prayer doubles for every 80,000 new registered cases of COVID-19. In times of truck crisis, humans have a tendency to turn to religion for stress relief and explanation. And the report found that during March this year, internet searches for prayer surged to the highest level um, in the past five years, over the past five years. The report said, I find that the, the intensified searches on prayer, um, particularly around the pandemic, is global. It appears on all continents. And for us as believers, this passage also suggests that we may need to be prepared to suffer unjustly as Christ did and to face abuse with the same attitude that Christ did. To be willing to suffer for the ultimate reason of doing good. This part and other parts of the Bible that talk about this feel really difficult for us to get to grips with. I look at the missionaries around the world who are connected to agencies such as BMS and Agape and that we see through um, websites such as Open Doors and I see people living in countries where being a Christian could result in imprisonment, torture or death and I'm in awe. And we may not be all called to face this but we may face feeling like aliens in a foreign land. Matthew 24 verse 9 tells us we all will all be hated by all nations because of Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 9, Paul suggests that we may experience physical, emotional and spiritual abuse. He says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And we need to hang on to the fact that we gain support from our fellow Christians around the world and locally to help us through times when we feel, where we might feel hard pressed, perplexed, persecuted or struck down. But we remind ourselves that the ultimate battle has been won. Therefore, we are not crushed. We are not in despair. We are not abandoned. We are not destroyed. Hallelujah. So the second point I want to think about is about how some of the choices we make, how we can live well and follow what God is saying to us. Um, so we're going to play a bit of lockdown bingo. I don't know if anybody's played this. Um, which, um, you know, which of these have you done in the last five weeks? There are eight. And if you've done them all, then just put bingo or house on the chat. Uh, so there are eight things. So have you done any of the following? Setting up Zoom for an elderly relative. Baking banana bread. Pee with Jojo Wicks. Put a rainbow in your window. Had a meeting online in your pyjamas. Had an argument over a game of Monopoly. Talked to your neighbour. Or planted some seeds. Perhaps somebody here has done all eight of those. My guess is that some of us have done a few of those things. Now our choices, oh, well done, Joe's, Joe's put bingo already. <laughs> and the, and uh, um, Neil, by the look of it, and, oh, Neil only had two. <laughs> um, Ethan had five, Maggie had five. Okay, <laughs> Katie had four. I think Joe was very quick. 
Ali Tyndale six. So I only said, uh, oh, I had, yeah, I said eight. So that's right. <laughs> so, um, so yes, there's been a few things that we've been able to do, not as many as we'd like in uh, this lockdown period. So our choices have been more limited, but perhaps in those limited choices, we've been able to make some better choices for ourselves. So choices then. As human beings, we have a choice to follow our human desires, which can lead us away from God, or to follow God's will, which means following more the example of Jesus and how he lived. And I think often there is a right path and a wrong path. And I think we probably all know those things that might lead us down that wrong path. The things that meet our human desires of being loved, wanted and satisfied. But ultimately, we know that those things are found wanting because they often mean a short term satisfaction, but often a long term emptiness. And how do we know what is the path that means we follow the will of God? God wants us to follow and obey his commands because he has set these as the best way for us to live. But we have a choice to follow this or not. And I think there are probably three different perhaps levels of how we look at how God's will, uh, how we discover God's will in our lives. The first level, 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 to 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are being equipped through reading the scriptures for good works. There are good instructions on the things that are helpful for us to live good lives and right lives. So first level, there are some basic instructions in the Bible through things like the Ten Commandments and the, the, um, the guidance that Jesus has set down for us. Um, so very specific instructions on how to live. But I think the second level is that we are also given common sense and the spirit to make decisions that aren't specified, i.e. what car to buy, what phone to buy, um, what to do with our lives, perhaps what job to do. And so we try and follow the principles of how Jesus lived his life um, along with the spirit to help us make those decisions. But actually the third level, probably 95% of our lives are lived on a daily basis without intention. And our behavior is often spontaneous and non-intentional. We find our inner motivation and emotions are revealed through our behavior and our thoughts. And we may see some of those emotions such as pride or anger, anxiety or insecurity. Day to day, we reveal to others the state of our heart and mind. So with all those different levels of how we discern the will of God, i.e. we read the Bible, it's specific instructions, we learn how to um, live in response to a loving and faithful God, we are guided by his spirit who is promised as a guide for us. And we may not get it right all the time, but intentionally we want to make more choices that please God. Romans 12 verse 2, very well known verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing and perfect will. The more we renew our minds, which is a constant process, the more we are tuning our thoughts and actions towards what Jesus 
towards that which Jesus would do, the more we will recognise God's will in our lives, that his voice will become clearer, that we will tune into his voice just as we tune into a radio. One of the choices I made was to be baptised when I was 21. Um, and this was a moment when, though I believed in God all my life and made a commitment to him when I was 17, I made a choice to say I was about to walk the path with God in it. As you can see from the photo, uh, it's, a, it's a bit small, but you can hopefully see it. I was baptised in the cold sea off the Welsh coast when I was in my third year at university, uh, baptised by the, um, the, the vicar of the, the, the kind of church at university and the president of the Christian Union there. And that's me just coming, I, I think, either coming in or coming out of the waves in the cold sea. We had hoped to start a baptism course for three people, I think, this week. But um, we've decided it'd be good to meet face to face and hopefully we'll be able to start this soon. Um, if you've never been baptised and you, you know, you're thinking about some of those good choices that you can make to follow the will of God, then don't delay. You know, take that chance to make a choice about the rest of your life. And, um, and if you want to find out more, then obviously just contact me um, to know a bit more about that baptism course. So my, for my third point, really, so I've talked a little bit about the cross and I've talked about, about our, our choices. The third point I want to talk about is judge, being judged and what God says about judgment. So there is a story that I want to tell you about a judge. And I've picked an illustration of this, which I know will please John and Amy, um, which is uh, the judge called Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And there's an excellent film about her called um, On the Basis of Sex. And it's all about her fight to become a judge and uh, to be accepted in a very male orientated world um, as she studied law. And she was one of the first people to rise to being the second female justice in America. She, she's an amazing story. So just think of a judge. I've, I've picked on her, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but it is just an illustration of a judge. So this is the picture. Uh, the story. Uh, picture yourself one day, you are speeding along the road and you get caught going 100 miles an hour. Now, I know that very few of us would, would relate to that or, or anything over 70 miles an hour, of course. You get caught and you have to face the judge in court. But it is your mum. Your mum is the judge. You think, thank goodness, she loves me. She's going to let me off. But you also remember she is a fair judge and she is known for her consistency and therefore she will find you guilty. What is going to win, love or justice? Perhaps type in the chat what you think might happen. Will love win out or will justice? And if some of you heard this story before, you might know the answer before I get to it. So will the mum let off the, uh, the person who's speeding, her, her child who's speeding, or will she find the child guilty um, and justice will, will out? <laughs> There's a few uh, people who've put on the chat. Katie's talked about justice will out. Anybody else? While you're thinking about that, I will carry on. Well, you plead guilty and she issues you a fine, £500. You will have to do time. And as you have no money... You will, you, yeah, sorry, you will have to do time as you have no money. Just before you were led away, your mum gets out of her court robes, comes down from where she is sitting and signs a £500 cheque and gives it to you. 
the penalty is paid. Do you accept this or reject it? This is a picture of Jesus on the cross. God's only son became man and lived as a man and died on the cross. He took on us on himself the penalty for sin, which we should have borne, and took it on himself, which was death. And because of this, we are free. I think, you know, why it's important, I think, to remember that God is just and that's part of his character, um, as well as the loving and the creative God that we know, it is important to remember that God is just as well, is that in several places in the Bible, he talks about that God will come to judge. Um, and there's another picture related to, these, um, related to uh, the judge that I've just been talked about, been talking about. Imagine you're waiting in a courtroom for a judge with all the world to judge all the world. You are a Christian, so you think you will be fine. But suddenly, a witness who knows you is called to be your character witness. What would somebody know, say who knows you well? Are you someone who is living according to the Spirit? Are you spending time with God? Are you renewing your mind? And what does your behaviour say about the state of your heart? What would that character witness say about you? And I think, you know, as I say, why it's important for us to think about God as just is that bit about thinking about um, the fact that God is just assures us that when he acts as a judge, he will administer justice perfectly. His ability to do this includes his ability to discern the truth in every situation, to see into the hearts and minds with ultimate wisdom. The fact that God is just can also provide you with peace when you see injustice. You can be confident that God's justice will ultimately prevail. The fact that the all-powerful and all-knowing God is also just means that evil will be dealt with authoritatively and decisively. So coming to the end of what I'm saying, we have looked at the power of the cross once for all, the ability to make choices and to follow the will of God, and a reminder that the gospel is available for all, whatever our past looks like. And I just wanted to show a video at the end of um, what I was saying, and the, the final slide, I think, just um, illustrates a picture of this, which is there's a video um, uh, called Falling Plates, um, and it just illustrates, I think, the heart of what this passage is saying, which is that the gospel is available for all. Um, and if we really kind of truly uh, know this, then the rest of what we do in our lives kind of follow on from that. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or if you feel you've chosen a different path recently, or strayed off that path now and again, this is an opportunity to choose the right path again. If you'd like to talk to somebody about this, do contact anybody in the VLT or somebody that you know here. And we are very happy to talk to you about this. So as I say, hopefully Mark now will play this video. It's about four or five minutes long and it illustrates the power of the death of Jesus for us on the cross. And then John will just pray for us after that. You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled. Colorful. Each one unique. And I created every one of them. I created everything. The universe. And you. 
personality. Follow me.